0: up is back from summer vacation. In this episode, Josh Dare and Amanda Colocho talk about social media and crisis communications. The pair will go through five case studies and talk about what worked and what didn't for these five well-known brands. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also watch this conversation on our YouTube page. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode.
1: everybody this is josh dare i'm here with amanda colocho and welcome to the latest hodges partnership episode of teaming up uh the team today amanda and myself we uh teaming up as a series of uh conversations about uh, various public relations topics and the topic today is social media uh in the context of crises i mean we do a lot of crisis communications work here at the Highest Partnership, and we always have. The emphasis traditionally has been on how are you going to respond to the news media? What's going to be in your news release? How do you, you know, it, it's always been that the media was that conduit to the public. And now things have changed significantly where social media really needs to be part and parcel of your crisis strategy. So we're going to talk about the different ways we go. Uh, companies have have, have uh, addressed Uh, crises through social media today?
0: Yeah, we're going to talk through five different case studies. We will lay out the situation, you know, what exactly happened. Uh, We'll talk about how the companies or organizations responded and then how our take on, you know, what they did right or what they did wrong Um, and maybe some recommendations on what others can do if that ever happens. Um, And then we'll wrap up with just some key takeaways and things to always remember in case you ever find yourself in uh, a crisis on social media. Then, Josh, you'll can, kick us off yeah, uh, with our, the first our, one. Yeah, and
1: our challenge will be to stick within 20 minutes because we could talk about this stuff hours. So we've got five case studies, so we'll try to get through them pretty quickly. The first one is a very familiar brand, and it's Weber Grills. Weber is a family-owned company, and one of the things they were doing on social media and through emails is they were posting uh, a weekly recipe on how folks could use their Weber grill uh, for cooking various things, maybe that you don't think of. The day they posted a recipe for meatloaf. Unfortunately for them, was the exact same day that the singer Meatloaf passed away. And I can just imagine just being in that PR person's office or just being at the company and said, you know who died today, Meatloaf. And guess what? We just posted this thing. And people may have thought that they were trying to be funny or uh, instead of being insensitive. And so what do you do? Right. What do you do when that kind of like innocent mistake was made?
0: Right. It's a it's just it's really a coincidence. And it really was, like you said, an an innocent mistake that really could happen to anyone. And I think it's just interesting, given how niche, you know, they're a girl company. They're talking about meatloaf and somebody who happens to today meatloaf. You know, it's just a a funny coincidence.
1: Yeah. So actually, so. Very straightforward response, right? The company issued a very heartfelt apology. I'm going to read part of it. It says, at the time we shared this recipe with you, we were not aware of the unfortunate passing of actor and singer, Mr. Marvin Lee aday, which I never even knew his name before, also known as Meatloaf. We want to express our deepest apologies for this oversight and for any offense that it may have caused. We send our condolences to the family and fans and thanks for understanding. And they signed it. The Weber family, which I think was also I think I a nice touch, like we're a family, we've made an innocent mistake, we put it out there. And the response from social media, pretty good, right? I mean, people pretty took them at their word. Yeah. That's part of taking advantage of your of your reputation and being able to, you know, they have a reputation of being kind of straight laced and all that. So um, they took advantage of that. And it was a pretty straightforward, straightforward case.
0: Yeah. What's next, is- Amanda? Yeah, the next case study, uh, again, is a, for a brand who has, uh, it's a very respected brand, you know one with a reputation also for being pretty straight-laced, pretty buttoned up, a um, little bit more of a serious tone with the content they share out given the nature of what they do. Uh, that's the American Red Cross. So here's what happened. One of the nonprofit's social media managers mixed up her personal Twitter account for theirs and accidentally sent out a tweet on the Red Cross account that said, um, Ryan found two more four bottle packs of dogfish heads Midas touch beer when we drink we do it right hashtag getting slizzered. uh clearly you know,
1: we can supposed to do I mean we can all relate to this right I mean um you know we rely and, you know it's interesting I mean a lot of companies rely on that younger person to kind of staff the social media accounts sometimes it's even an intern right but yeah. there's a weight of responsibility that goes with it and you know, these kinds of mistakes can happen. So what they think,
0: do? Well, I just want to emphasize that. It's a really good reminder to audiences, to customers who might not always associate this, but behind every company's social media account is either one person or an entire team of people. So this really can happen to anyone. They're really, I mean, there are safeguards that can be put up, but it's definitely a mistake that could happen to anyone. Um, but I like the way that they handled it. Instead of trying to delete the tweet and hope no one saw it, Uh, Or just simply saying, you know, sorry about that. Um, They had a little bit of fun with it. Um, You know, at the end of the day, it was a a funny, silly tweet. No one died. No one was hurt or hopefully truly offended. Um, So they had a little bit of fun. And they responded in another tweet that said, we have deleted the rogue tweet. But rest assured, the Red Cross is sober and we've confiscated the keys. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it shows some humanness and personality behind it. You know, making a little bit of a lightheartedness uh, or taking a lighthearted approach, I should say, uh, with this. Um, And then just to take a little bit of a step further, the social media manager who sent the original tweet, that was a mistake, um, tweeted and said, you know, due to my inability to use Hootsuite, I wasn't actually hashtag getting slizzard, but just excited hashtag now embarrassed. So they had some fun with it. They said, we're all humans. It was a mistake.
1: What I love about this, Amanda, it's like you talked about, like the humanness of it, had a little fun with it. It wasn't a life and death situation. And what I love about it was when you work for a big organization like I, I have in the past, the amount of folks that have to approve something like this. So it clearly kind of got the attention of you know, the powers that be. And I give them so much credit because at every level, they agreed to go ahead with this kind of funny, humorous way of doing this. And and so. I think you know we are. I think that enhanced their brand. I think that made them even more humid. Uh, and this is an organization that people look to to provide life saving services in the wake of disasters and and giving blood and all those types of stuff. But yet still could have a little fun with this mistake. So I give them a lot of credit for that.
0: Yeah. So, I know our next one is um, not as lighthearted.
1: So yeah. No. So that. those were those were two that were um, pretty straightforward. The next one and really this is kind of. Uh, this one's a couple years old and it shows kind of the power of social media because it has to do with Domino's pizza and a Domino's pizza store down in North Carolina, two employees working late one night um, got bored or thought they would be funny uh, and created a video uh, showing uh, them uh, making the food in a really disgusting way. And we won't go into it and people can go and Google this and they'll find the video and all that. I mean, within three days, Video had one million views. One million views. Um, it was one of the highest-ranking searches on Google. Uh, sales actually, sales went down fifty percent in the next week. Its stock price took a hit. This was serious stuff because um, this was a, a video that was really damaging a reputation where they, the company, really relies on their reputation for sanitation and cleanliness and wholesomeness and all this stuff, and it was just thrown out the window as a result of these two employees. So, thoughts on what they should do?
0: I mean, unfortunately, it was two bad apples, two employees who ruined it for the whole company, um, but you, this was a clear mistake made, um, and, you know, employees that represented the company, so I feel like they just needed to throw their hands up and apologize and maybe talk about what actions are going to be taken to make yeah. sure it never happens again. I mean, there's no coming out of that.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting. That's exactly what they did. So what they did is they went right to the top. They had the CEO create a video, and he was very straightforward and uh assertive. Uh he said the store had been closed, the uh and being, you know, totally cleaned head to head to toe. Um He said that the employees had been fired. Uh, A warrant was out for their arrest. Um, And so, um, you know, you could tell that this is a company that wasn't going to uh, take any nonsense from this. They didn't think it was funny. Now, what was interesting is two things about this. One, it was three days before they sent out that video. And so it really um, they really kind of let it fester for longer than they should have but what was interesting is they didn't put out a press release they posted the video in the very places where it had gone viral so that really become kind of a very standard response and they kind of set the groundwork for that kind of a response so the video the offending videos on youtube they put an apology video on youtube so that the people can see it and when people are googling you know when people google domino's video presumably the apology video comes up there as well. So uh, I like the way they handled it, uh, except mm-hmm. for that delay. All right.
0: Now our next case study is uh, another serious issue. And what's interesting about this one um, being a social media crisis case study is that it did not technically originate, um, well, the issue at hand didn't originate on social media. So it just shows the power of how quickly um, things can get posted and go viral um, and a lot of people might remember this case it was really uh popular like i said viral um united airlines was overbooked for a flight and they had asked four passengers at random to exit the plane um, one of them was an elderly doctor who refused uh, he needed to get you know to where his destination was um, and before long security arrived and forcibly dragged him off of the plane um when i say forcibly i mean pretty violently as well you know he was bleeding and bruised up um and while this was happening other passengers you know were recording uh the event and posting online or you know sharing on their social media platforms uh and i think that's something that has become very normal in our culture today um in less than a day the video was seen by 7 million people yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i mean everywhere we are people have video cameras right in the form of their phones mm-hmm. uh because when the when the company responded um, they were very defensive and and um, you know didn't really kind of appreciate what the average person was seeing one of the lines from the the ceo was um we apologize that we had to reaccommodate right we had to reaccommodate that passenger i don't think that passenger felt like he was being reaccommodated he also by the way uh, ultimately won a multi multi million dollar lawsuit uh, mm-hmm. against united uh, there was some so there was some good Passenger relation lessons, but there are also some social media lessons there about you know making sure that your response reflects the real reality of what people are seeing
0: great, right. great. Right. They just poured gas on fire of a situation that was already happening
1: so I love the last one um, and that's one that just happened last month we're We're, we're speaking here in september of twenty twenty two this happened august twenty 22, actually August 1st, uh, our friends at Cracker Barrel, Wholesome Family Restaurant. Uh, what was the great transgression that led to this crisis? It was they announced that there would be a new meatless sausage option. That those impossible meats, that like there's impossible burgers, mm-hmm. they have now an impossible sausage that they were happy to introduce at their breakfast buffet so that those people who don't eat meat might have an option. And who would have guessed uh, how uh, the internet would have reacted to what seemed like such a benign uh, customer-centric gesture. Uh, But within a couple days, the social media had 7,000 comments, most of which were negative. The ones that were that were thanking Cracker Barrel for the option were drowned out by comments such as like, uh, get woke, go broke. Uh, you just lost your customer base. I mean, people were just genuinely offended by this. So, so, I mean, how would you, you know, how would you have predicted that such a thing would happen?
0: I mean, it's silly when, you know, us seeing it from a, an outside perspective. I mean, at the end of the day, if you are the social media manager or the CEO of Cracker Barrel did you do anything wrong? No. So is this a situation where you kind of just let it go? I mean, there are a lot of really opinionated cynics on social media who have very strong opinions and like to respond to things. Um, And that's something that has really, really grown over the last few years with a lot of, you know, social events and and different things um, happening. So I think there are some cases where you don't need to raise your hands and apologize and um, be overly concerned and sometimes saying nothing or, Again, taking a lighthearted approach and making light of it is, is the best way to go. And, and then you just move on and it goes away.
1: The uh, So they had, I mean, if you're Cracker Bell, you had two decisions. One is, oh my gosh, did we make a decision by introducing impossible sausage to our menu? And do we need to back off on that, right? That's one decision, which was a significant decision, which I'm sure went in with consumer research and all that. And the second decision is, what do we do about this social media crisis where uh, our our inbox, our social media platforms are blowing up with these Anti-meatless people, and you're right. So what they decided to do on both fronts was nothing, and there's that kind of like a brilliance to that, right? Where you, you know, when the in the when you're in the midst of a social media crisis, you think that the entire world shares the opinion of the loudest cranks out there, and so you start to have if you need to just kind of take a step back and have some perspective about the larger goal that you were, uh, you know, that you were trying to, to meet. And, um, and so, yeah, so I love that they had the discipline really not to, not to have fun with it, not to do it, just kind of ignore it. And, um, and that's what they did. And, and I, and I think that's a great, great uh, example of you know, kind of gone the range of different responses to social media. So when I think about, you know, what our lessons are here, I think that, you know, we need to have um, always be thinking about your, response being proportional, yeah. right? How how loud do you need to be? How, uh, what kind of actions do you need to take beyond, uh, you know, what you're engaging on social platforms with? Just in a proportional response that, you know, I think the United case reminds us to be honest and transparent because the internet has lots of eyes and ears and the lots of folks are gonna be watching. Um, that you respond. I think the Domino's example reminds us that you respond on appropriate platforms. That this is not something we necessarily need to send out a news release every time you have a position about something. And then just the last one that reminds us. That I think that there's a perspective here to have, and to always, ha- you know, move forward with a with that bigger perspective, uh, and uh, understanding that the loudest voices don't necessarily. Uh, carry the the right message.
0: Great. Right. I agree with all of that. And I think another key thing to remember when you're coming up with a response or what the messaging should be is just to think back on your company values, anything that you're, you know, responding to should just align with that. You know, there are all kinds of situations big and small, like we've talked about um, all very unique. There's dozens of ways to go about how you respond and to stand true to your brand and what you believe in. And if you're not in the wrong, then stand by it and act appropriately and accordingly like you said.
1: And if you are in the wrong? Say you're sorry. <laughs> yeah, own up. Own up. Yeah. I I agree with that about values. I always say that a crisis will expose your values more than anything else. So, well this is great. I hope uh, some folks took some value from this. Uh there were fun kind of uh stories to research and and chat about and I, and I like that they kind of ran the the gamut of different experiences. So, Amanda Thanks for your insights, enjoyed it. Thanks. See you next time.